Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Today I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and remain standing for the reading of the word if you would. Uh, You know, I started this uh, series on what we believe and I really thought we'd be done in two weeks and now it's week seven and I still am not done. Um, And so, but today that's okay because I, I realized the timing of the Lord as I was praying and thinking about things this morning, how God's timing is perfect. And I know we sing about it and I know we say it, but sometimes we don't sing about it and say it with the the true conviction of how we really believe it. But God's timing is perfect. And I'm so thankful for that. So today, uh, we're going to go into this series, What We Believe. And it's it's on the 16 doctrines of the Bible. The 16 doctrines of the Bible. And if you're a newcomer today, you might be saying, oh Lord, I'm going to be bored. No, you're not. You don't know if you're going to be bored or not. Just hold on for a second. And so, uh, but none of these have been boring because I have realized that this thing is scratching an itch in the church right now. Because people can get emotional over Jesus, and that's okay. I don't have no issues with that right there. But but, But in many cases, we've been lacking to know what we believe. And we got to know what we believe so that we're not tossed to and fro with all kinds of trickery and winds of doctrine. And so we have to know what we believe, especially in a time like this, when people can make their mouth say anything. And so you gotta know what you believe, and that's what we're, uh, that's what I've been teaching on here. Praise God. Uh, Second Timothy chapter four and verse one. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word and be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For some, you got to suffer a little longer than others. Amen. And uh, for, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, they will have itching ears and they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth. I want to stop there and let you know it wasn't that they had not heard the truth and it was not that they have never followed the truth. They have turned their ears away from the truth to go after their own desires and they will heap up for themselves teachers to turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables but you everybody say he's talking to me right now you be watchful in all things endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. If you want other scriptures, you can write these down. 1 Timothy 6, 1 through 5. And then Titus 2, 1 through 10. You can read that on your own time today. I want to direct your attention, if I can, to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 today. Um, there's always, you're always going to have a little bit of homework with me. Amen. To go home and read the Bible. Praise God. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. Praise the Lord. (coughs) 
Now this is on the day of Pentecost, but it's also letting us know the events that happen after the day of Pentecost. And by the way, we are going to be celebrating the day of Pentecost here real soon. Amen. And I uh, can't wait for that. And that's not just something for those of you that might be newcomers. That's not just something Pentecostal churches do on the day of Pentecost. If you, if you really research our history and what I mean, our, I'm talking about the church, everybody who's born again, everybody's Pentecostals. Because the church was born on the day of Pentecost. Okay. That's when the church was actually born. Whether you want to call yourself Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, non-today, it don't matter. The church was born out of the upper room. Amen. So, so it's, it's talking about the day of Pentecost, but then it's talking about some events that happen afterwards. Verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Can I look? I just want to say this. Just look up. I, I like to throw little things that I'm not preaching about in your spirit while I read the word so you'll go home and think about things. On the day that the law was given, for all the folk who want to just go back to the law, On the day the law was given, 3,000 people died. Read it in your Bible now. 3,000 people died on the day the law was given. On the day the Spirit was given, 3,000 people were born again. 3,000 people came from death to life, not from life to death. That is the dispensation of grace. That is what we are under right now. That's why when I teach about the rapture next week, you want to make sure you're right because if you get left behind, I don't know what's going to go with you. Because once the rapture happens, we are no longer under the dispensation of grace. So quit playing with God. Amen. That was for somebody. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly, listen to this, in the apostles' doctrine or teaching. Okay, because it wasn't that there was not doctrine at the time, and it wasn't that there was nobody teaching at the time, but what they were teaching and what the apostles were teaching were two different things. And the apostles were teaching doctrine that came from Christ. And the Pharisees were teaching doctrine that had come from men. Amen. So in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the, that's the reason we, we get together on Wednesday nights from time to time, fellowship. In the breaking of bread and prayers. Now watch it. Then fear came upon every soul. That's what we're missing right now. The fear of God. I don't support people who kill babies because I fear I don't support all kinds of wickedness because I fear missing the fear of God. But we'll teach on that on another day. Amen. And then fear came upon every soul, not just to save now. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. 
Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. Look what the Lord has done right there. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Praise God. Now, Father, bless the reading, bless the teaching, bless the preaching of your holy word. Today, we humble ourselves and we say, speak, Lord, your servants listen. Father, today, anoint this time. Anoint your people to hear, receive, and understand and respond to your word. Anoint me to preach it, God. Take me beyond any limitation that I or anybody else have placed upon me, oh God. Let me speak as a man from a different world because my spirit is. Father, today in the name of Jesus, let there be such an anointing. Come on this house that any yoke of bondage is destroyed in the moment right now. That all chains break and those who have been buried and buried by sins will come to life. In the name of Jesus, and let your glory be our portion. I thank you for this. Now look upon my availability and not my ability today, God. And I pray, have thine way, God. Your will be done. Your kingdom come in the earth as it is in heaven. And we agree upon these things in the name above every name the name of Jesus. And if you agree, shout amen and give the Lord a good praise today before you're seated in the house of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now I'm not going to go back over um, all of the uh, points that I have preached on uh, so far. There's 11, 11 of them. And so if you're a newcomer today, I want to encourage you to download our app. But if you don't download our app, go on our YouTube page. If you don't want to go on a YouTube page, check out our Facebook page. Uh, if you don't want to check out the Facebook page, check out the website. We have all kinds of uh, resources in which you can, you can read up to what we believe. And, uh, and all of them are, are doctrinal or foundational doctrines of the Bible. Say amen to that. Uh, so I'm not going to go back over that so that we'll have time to get into what we're doing today. Um, but I, I do want to mention one last week, just in case you were not here. We believe in divine healing. Amen. We believe in divine healing. We don't believe that the power of God has like disintegrated or that it died with the last apostle. We do not believe that, that just because there are sicknesses and viruses and whatever else they want to, now they got something called a monkey pox. Uh, I, I told y'all that they were going to keep on doing this, right? I told you what was coming. I told you this a year and a half ago. I said, they will not stop with this. Why? Because they're trying to control your mind. But God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. I told them, pull out what you want to. It can be pit bull pops. It can be, 
I believe in divine healing. I believe that, that the Bible says that if there's any sick among us, you can call for the elders of the church, anoint their heads with oil, and pray the prayer of what? Faith, and they shall recover. I believe this. I believe it whether there's a COVID or not. I believe it in whatever setting I'm in. Hallelujah. It does not matter to me. I believe it. I believe it even if somebody says it didn't happen to them. I told you last week, your life experience does not trump the word of God. Jesus did not say your life experience is truth. He said thy word is truth. Hallelujah. And the word of God says with the stripes upon his back, we are healed. The word of God says he sent his word and he healed them all. The word of God says that forget not his benefits for he is the God who healeth all your disease. Glory be to God. So I still believe we believe in divine healing. We're going to continue to practice it. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So, I want, so that was last week. T today I want to talk about this. Now this is a new one right here. This is number 12. I want you to grab this. We believe in the ministry of the church. We believe in the ministry of the church. Now on the count of three, I want you to say, I believe in the ministry of the church. Are you ready? I want you to say it out loud. One, two, three. I believe in the ministry of the church. Now, this is one of the reasons why we wouldn't shut down. Why? Because I believe in the ministry of the church. I believe in the ministry of the church regardless of what's happening in the world. I believe in the ministry of the church regardless of what everybody else does. I believe in the ministry of the church regardless of what's coming against us. Jesus said, this is my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I believe in the ministry of the church. And it's a sad fact that many have stopped ministry out of fear and out of all kinds of, out of, out of torment and out of being threatened. Isn't it amazing that, that I never seen them come through with one threat against the church in America. Oh, they threatened a lot. Not one. You can't stop the church of Jesus Christ. Not the true church. Why? Because we have been given a mandate, a command from, watch this, our chief. Hallelujah. He's not a commander in chief. He is the chief cornerstone. We have been given a command from him to go and do the ministry of the church. Hallelujah. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 16. I want to read something to you real quick. Many of you are familiar with it, but I just like to have you turn in your Bibles so I know that some of you actually got in them this week. Amen. And uh, Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Now listen to what, what in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, uh, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say that I am? He, I don't care what the others are saying. I need to know what the church believes about me right now. I need to know what the church has in their spirit about me right now. 
Hallelujah. And watch what he says. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. That means the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, on this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Look up at me. It's amazing to me when they announced this demonic agenda two and a half years ago, if we could have just got some of the people that had national platforms and had voices to the world to link their arms and stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, we bind this thing and it will not cross our borders in Jesus' name and we loose healing. I just wonder what would have happened. I just wonder what would have happened if men and women of God would have stood up and said, I am committed wholeheartedly, life or death, no matter what, I'm committed to the ministry of the church. And if you are sick, we'll lay our hands on you and you shall recover. Let me tell you what the principalities are saying right now. Why are you bringing this back up? Because it's still down there. It's still down there bothering the saints right now. Hallelujah. And I need you to understand, we talk about ministry, the ministry of the church. We're not talking about some kind of religious exercise. And we're not talking about just something that we do in here because granddaddy did it and his granddaddy did it. When I say the ministry of the church, I'm telling you, we got a command from Jesus Christ himself that says, if you believe in my name, they will recover. In my name, you will cast out demons. In my name, you will speak with new tongues. In my name you will preach this gospel this is the ministry of the church hallelujah praise the lord and so we're talking about the ministry of the church the ministry of church a divinely called and scripturally ordained ministry has been provided by our lord by who by jesus we don't minister because a denomination has given us papers we don't minister because somebody said you can. We minister because Jesus said you're mine and you get out there and let them know who I am. The ministry of the church has been given by our Lord. Hallelujah. He's been given by our Lord for, listen carefully now, for the fivefold purpose of leading the church in. Now, I did not say the fivefold ministry. I'll talk about that in a minute. The fivefold purpose. Everybody say purpose. So, in the ministry that Jesus has released and, has, and we have committed to, there's a fivefold purpose to that ministry. Number one is the evangelism of the world. Well, I got seven people that believe folk need to be saved. The evangelism of the world. Say amen. I want you to put up Mark chapter 16. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Hallelujah. He says, go. The evangelism of the world. The world includes your neighbors. 
The world includes your co-workers. The world includes the people that you walk down the hall in your school with. The world includes everybody, every creed, every color, every nationality, every tongue of man. That, is, that includes the world. The ministry of the church is for the evangelism of the world. Hallelujah. Listen to what he said. He said, and he says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Everybody wants a sign, but few want to testify. But if you'll testify, the signs will come with your testimony. Well, I don't have a testimony. Then you're not born again. Hallelujah, church. Somebody clap for three, three seconds so you, it, it makes it feel a little better. If you don't have a testimony, you're not born again. Hallelujah. Somebody told me one time, I don't really have a testimony. I've been in church all my life. I said, that is a testimony. It's a testimony that you didn't have to get out here and drink. You didn't have to do drugs. You didn't have to run around. God, by his keeping power, had you stayed in a place where you could serve him. It's a testimony. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So that's one, of, that's one of the purposes, the, evangelism of the evangelization of the world. Secondly, the worship of God. The worship of God. John chapter 4 and verse 23 and 24. John chapter 4. We're going to turn there. Hallelujah. Listen to what the Bible says right here. John chapter 4, verse 23. Praise God. Listen to what the Bible says. But the hour is coming. And now is. Everybody say now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in what? Truth. Let me tell you what we do when we come together in here. This is something God has commanded. I know folks say, well, all that church stuff is just religious and all this. No, God commanded that his people get together and lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubt and worship him in the house of God. This is worship. Praise the Lord. It is one of the purposes of the church to have a place. I'm not talking about just a building, but to have a place where people can come together of like mind and of like faith and you can lift your hands and worship the Lord and receive from a corporate anointing. Can I tell you something? You can receive, you can receive from worship, worshiping the Lord in your closet, worshiping the Lord in your kitchen, and worshiping the Lord in your car. You can receive from him doing all of that and worshiping the Lord in your deer stand or wherever you're at. It don't matter. You can receive from him and all that. But it is not like when you come together under a corporate anointing and you worship the Lord under a corporate anointing, something different is being imparted and deposited into your life. Hallelujah. So one of the purposes of the church is for, to worship God. And the third purpose, to build a body of saints or building a body of saints, being perfected in the image of his son. Being perfected. That means that something ought to be changing on a regular basis. Hallelujah. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Glory be to God. Ephesians chapter 4. Praise the Lord. Verse 11. Hallelujah. Now I want you to notice these scriptures right here. 
I want you to notice that I'm not giving you a denomination, a, a, a stand of a denomination. I'm giving you the stand of Jesus Christ himself. How do you know that? Because the Bible says it. He himself. It's appalling to me, Trey. It's appalling to me that man wants to say what, what part of the fivefold ministry is and is not for today as if man gave it. It's appalling to me. It makes me want to throw hands. Now, I'm not going to because I've got the victory. Unless you cross a few lines. But other than that, but stand up and have the audacity to say what part of the fivefold ministry is not for today. You didn't give it, and you can't take it away. He himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Can't figure out why the church as a whole, when I say the church, I'm talking about as a whole, can't figure out why the church as a whole is anemic and weak. The reason is, is because it has not received from the fivefold ministry in a long time. How do you know that? Because the Bible says he gave them for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, everybody say all, come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head. Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint is supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Hallelujah. Building a body of saints. Hallelujah. To be perfected in the image of his son. Watch this, the fourth one, fourth purpose of the church. We're just getting through this. Y'all have to know these things. If, listen, look up at me. If this was taught on a regular basis when they said shut the church down two and a half years ago, it would not have complied. Because they would have said, hold on one second. No, 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 you, you don't understand. You don't get to dictate the ministry of the church. That's why I'm teaching this, so that you'll understand who our commander-in-chief really is. The head, Jesus Christ. Number four, the fourth purpose, meeting human need. Meeting human need with the ministries of love and compassion. <clears throat> this is what the church does. That's why we have a compassion center. If you're new to this ministry and you have never been through that compassion center, you need to take time and you need to go meet Miss jo Joanna or Monique or one of their team members and take a stroll through that compassion center and let them tell you about the hundreds of families that we feed and the hundreds of families that we clothe and the hundreds of families that get prayed for in that place because the church has been uh, ordained and anointed to meet human needs. 
Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's, that's why the church must continue no matter what in its ministry. Because the last time I checked, there was never a time that a human being did not have a need. My God, they have needs. And that's what your giving does here. That's what your support does here. That's what your serving does here. We're able to help people. And I don't know about you, but if you, have you ever been in somebody that's been, had, have you ever been somebody that's been in a bad position? And I'm going to tell you right now, folks are open to hear about your Jesus when you put some clothes on their back and you put some food in their car and you tell them God loves you. Come on back here Sunday. We'll lay hands on your whole family. God, I'm, they're willing to hear about your Jesus. One of, the, one of the purposes of the church is to meet human need. Glory be to God. It's not the only. You got people out there feeding thousands of hungry people. Won't tell them about Jesus. It's not the only, it's one of them. Hallelujah. My God, you can feed a hungry sinner and, he'll be, and if you don't tell them about Jesus, he'll leave a full sinner. And then come back and complain because you didn't have the, the right dressing on the salad. <laughs> I better stop right there, amen. It's amazing. It, you know you're in, a, in an entitled uh, generation that feels entitled when they complain about the food they're being fed and then have no food to eat first off. Bless the Lord. Number five, the fifth purpose of the, of the ministry of the church, to facilitate and, insp and inspire holy fellowship within the body of believers. Holy fellowship. Have you ever thought about that what that fellowship is just as holy as discipleship? Have you ever thought about that fellowship is just as holy as worship? There is something that happens when the body of believers get together and in, in fellowship. Some of you are discouraged. You want to know why? Because you ain't been around some Holy Ghost filled people in a long time. And it's amazing to me when you can get around a table of some Holy Ghost filled people and they start talking about their testimony and they start talking about how God made a way where there was no way and they start talking about how God healed their body and how God broke them off a of dope and how God turned around and provided when nobody else could provide and how God got them out of depression. And it's amazing to me when you get up from that table, you don't feel like killing yourself anymore you don't feel like going and burying yourself in the dirt you don't feel like giving up you don't feel like quitting you don't feel like throwing in the towel why because encouragement comes through the fellowship of the believers in the house of God hallelujah and you get around a bunch of knuckleheads that don't do nothing but smoke blunts and drink 40s or do whatever they want to do or do cake stands, whatever they want to do. You get around them and when you go home, you feel like quitting the ministry. You feel like quitting the faith. But I'm telling you, there is an encouragement that comes when I get with brother so-and-so or you get with sister so-and-so. There's an oil that'll rub off of them and come on your life and it'll break some things off of you. And it's called the fellowship of the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
There's a strength that has come. I, I, I can tell you, there's been times where I was feeling weak and I'd get around Pastor Jason and Pastor Andy or Pastor Luke or Pastor Antoine or some of these other leaders in this house. I'd get around of them and get around them and start listening to them. I wouldn't be saying nothing. And all of a sudden, when I got out of the car, I felt like I could go back and take the Goliath's head off one more time. I felt like I could get out there and walk on water one more time. I felt like I could get up and preach one more time. There's a strength that came in me. Hallelujah. Called the fellowship of the church. That's how the, that's how the first church encouraged themselves. Man, they had people getting their heads cut off. They had people being whipped in the, in the middle of the city. They had people uh, being in prison and they'd get around and say, don't worry about it. You remember what our Lord Jesus said? If they persecuted him, they're going to persecute us. But stand strong in the faith for these afflictions that we endure right now are just a, for what we're going to receive when we get up in glory. They encouraged themselves. They strengthened themselves in the Lord. Hallelujah. Something that comes in that fellowship. There's a unity that comes in that fellowship. There's a prayer that comes in that fellowship when you get around some brothers and sisters and you turn around and it might be in a, it might be in a, a my group. It don't have to be around a table where you eat. It might be in a my group. It might just be y'all decided to get together in the Walmart parking lot. But there, there's a unity. There's something that comes when you get around those brothers and sisters and, and all of a sudden you start telling them, man, listen, I'm going through this, but would you agree with me in prayer? And they grab your hand and they start binding stuff and they start loosening stuff and things start breaking over your life and you walk home and you see the hand of the Lord show up in your life. There's a prayer that comes with it. When you get around folk, there's a wisdom. The Bible says there's, there's much wisdom or there's wisdom and much counsel. When you can get around people and say, I was going to do this and they was like, listen, brother, don't do that. I've been down that track. Don't do that. Do this. And you wasn't even expecting how you was going to get wisdom, but you sat around with some brothers and sisters and you fellowship together. And all of a sudden wisdom was departed, departed or deposited inside of your life. And you didn't mess up like you thought you were going to mess up. Can I tell you something? Uh, life experiences is uh, life experiences are the lowest form of learning. I know you think that life experiences are the best way to learn, but they're the lowest form of learning. The best form of learning is listening and getting wisdom from somebody that's unscrubbed their chin by doing it already. Remember this. If you won't listen to wisdom or a rhema word, then you have to go through life experiences. Because God loves you too much to leave you ignorant. So he'll allow you to walk down a path to learn. But many times I've walked down a path and learned, but before I stepped in it, somebody was saying, can I teach you something? <laughs> but I wouldn't listen. Can I teach you something about your marriage? Can I teach you something about your finances? I got it. No, ain't a big deal. All right. Can I teach you something about growing in the Lord? Can I teach you something about the ministry? Can I teach you something about preaching? I got it. All right, go ahead. 
Amen. See, we, I'm going I'm to touch this for a minute and then I'm going to move on. But we, we have, a, we have a, a messed up view of God. And that view is that he only teaches me through tough stuff. That he only teaches me through suffering. Which one of you would take your kid and say, now I done told you. Or, or you see your kid about to touch the hot stove. And you say, you know what, I ain't going to tell him nothing. I'm just going to let them go over there and put their hand on it. So it'll burn them so he can learn. That's a messed up joker. They put you in prison for stuff like that. They take your kids for stuff like that. Now, why would you think God would do something like that? It's a, man, it's messed up from the floor. It's toe up. Now, we do walk through life experiences, but I'm telling you, if you'll listen and get instruction and wisdom, you'll be shocked how many you don't have to go through. And that's what you get when you're around the body of believers. Oh, glory be to God. Many times we wonder, listen to this, what made the church of Acts the first church, so successful. Think about this. What made them so successful? They grew by 3,000 people in one day. Watch this. It's laid out for us in Acts 2. I read it to you, 41 through 47. What I have found is that churches that begin to go downhill and stop being effective start drifting away from some of or all of these five purposes. What they don't realize is that, watch this, this is not a formula and it's not something that denominations have handed down. This is the divine ministry that Jesus Christ gave the church. And when the church does it, he blesses it. Hallelujah. When the church does it, he blesses it. So you see in, in Acts chapter 2, 41 through 47, you see discipleship happening. That's why we push my groups. It is very important that you become and that you are being discipled church. You have to be discipled. That's why we push fellowship. I've already, I've done beat that horse, amen. That's why we push prayer. Tuesday mornings, prayer. Tuesday evenings, prayer. Why? Listen, it is important that the church prays. If you can't get here, you pray. Pray at home, but pray. Hallelujah. Watch this. Then the Bible says, then all came together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Watch this. This is worship. Wait a minute, preacher. How's that worship? That's giving. What you don't understand is that there are more places in the Bible when it talks about your worship that is connected to sacrificial giving than you're singing, you're clapping, you're raising your hands or you're dancing. 
Study your Bible. It's amazing. That's the reason some of your worship is not pure worship because you do not have an obedience behind it. And until a sacrificial gift comes with the lifting of your hands, it ain't nothing but tainted anyway. It's tainted. Study your Bible. All throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, there are, I promise you, it's at least three to one, if not five to one. Your worship is connected to sacrificial giving way more than it is you singing. Way more than you playing an instrument. Way more than you clapping. Way more than lifting your hands. That is pure worship. Because if it, David said, I won't even do it if it ain't cost me something. He said, you can't even, I won't even let you give me this right here. Because how dare I come up on that place and worship the Lord and it ain't cost me something. That's worship right there. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And then evangelism, God added to the church daily. So you see that in those five verses or, or uh, in those uh, six verses right there. Now, I'm about to end this thing. There is no other agency, no other organization no other religion, there is no other group that has been given the responsibility and the privilege to carry out the ministry of the church, the ministry of Jesus Christ. He did not tell the Buddhists you can lay your hands on the sick. He did not tell the Muslims you can cast out devils. They need devils cast out of them. He, he didn't tell none of them. He said, I am giving this to the blood-bought church that is going to raise up a banner in a land, and it doesn't matter whether they're, if they think they're rich, poor. It doesn't matter what color they are, what nationality they are. If they got the power of my spirit, they can lay hands on the sick. They can cast out devils. They can preach this gospel, and nothing will by any means hurt them. You have been given this responsibility. You have been given this privilege. You have been given this honor. It is not work. It is an honor to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. It is a privilege to serve Jesus. It's a privilege to know that when I get up there one day, everything that I've done for him, I'm going to see it up there in glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to see what I've done. There's going to be people waiting for me in heaven that I didn't even know got saved under my ministry, but they got born again, and they're going to live eternally with God because somebody stood up and did the ministry of the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The ministry of the church given by Jesus Christ himself. Have you, have you ever wondered, man, I wonder, I wonder what God's will is for my life. The ministry of the church. Hallelujah. No one else has been given this. Praise God. Brothers and sisters, it's time that we take this power and authority that we've been given and take the ministry of the church out to the world. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's time that every school around this area see a demonstration of the spirit and of power. Yeah. I would love to have to go down and have a conversation with one board of education because a student won't quit laying hands on sick people in their high school. Oh, I'd love that conversation. That would be a good one right there, a good one. G-O-O-D-E-N, a good one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Taking, it to, taking this power to the, to, to the, to the world and, and to wherever you're at. It's time for this region, and I speak to this region now. 
to know that Christianity is not about, not about clicking your ticket or being a CEO. That means coming to church every Christmas, Easter, and other holidays. It's time that this region wake up to the power of God and realize that Jesus Christ died for you and he's coming back for you and it's time that you be full of the Holy Ghost. Do not be drunk with wine, which is wasteful living, but be filled with the Holy Ghost and power. It's time that this region awakes to that. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's about carrying a life-giving message. Uh, watch this, with a life-giving power of a life-giving Savior to a dying generation. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. It's about taking what, what many of you have to, some of you have to travel an hour, some two hours one way to get here. And I thank God for your sacrifices and I promise you, I can promise you this according to the 10th chapter of Matthew. I think, or Matthew or Mark, I think it's both actually. I can promise you this, that whatsoever things you have given up for his sake and the gospels on this earth right here, you shall on this earth in this lifetime receive a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. And I thank God for every single one of you. But I need you to understand. I need you to understand that, that we have to get this thing out. The mandate of this ministry is to plant churches. The mandate of this ministry is to get what God is doing right here and go put it in the north side of Atlanta and go put it somewhere else so that God people can understand that Jesus Christ has not died and the power is still here. Hallelujah. This is the mandate. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of, uh, you know, I heard, I heard somebody tell me last week, they said, and, and they were a part of a ministry years ago, and the, and the preacher actually told them, the pastor actually told them, well, I want a small ministry. I don't want a big ministry. I said, he needs to quit. Hand your credentials in, son, and get saved. How in the world could you possibly have the Holy Ghost and say, I don't want nobody else to get born again in my church. How in the, how in the Sanhedrin could you possibly have the Spirit of God and say, I don't want nobody else to get this message. How, <laughs> how in the world could you possibly have the life-giving blood of Jesus Christ flowing through your veins and say, I'm not willing to do anything else that anybody else should not perish. Turn them in and go sell aluminum siding. They don't even sell it no more. Turn it in. Hallelujah. How dare you? And let me tell you something, that's why, that's why the mandate and the vision of this house is way bigger than this one place. 
Come on, somebody. It's way bigger than this one place right here. I thank God for everybody coming, but I'm telling you the vision of this house is to be a global ministry committed to so growing, going to all the world with life change for Jesus Christ, and he's doing it not by our might and not by our power, but he's doing it by the spirit of the living God, and I'm telling you, you're seeing just the trickles right now. You have not even seen the waterfall open up. Hallelujah. How many of you were with me uh, on, at the end of January when we broke that 21-day fast on a Wednesday evening? We broke that. There's about six of you. Amen. No, there was more of you. There was, there was three, 400 people there. Um, and we broke that fast and was eating together, and I stood up and began to cast vision that night. And I'm telling you, it came out of me from the Holy Ghost. I said, God has given us Macon, and God has given us Atlanta. Y'all remember that? I think if you believe it, give him five seconds of praise right now. God has given us Atlanta and God has given us Macon. Macon, Georgia and Atlanta, Georgia need to know that there's actually a powerful ministry from Jesus Christ that ain't got people sleeping around, that ain't got people gay, but they're sitting there under the power of the Holy Ghost saying our God still rules, our God still reigns, and he's a holy God. They need to know that there's a power that'll fill their kids so they can put their do-rags down, bust their crack pipes, throw their, throw their dope, dope money in the offering plate, say, I ain't gonna never do it again, and pick up the banner and live for Jesus Christ in these last days. They need to know. They need to know. They need to know that it ain't about wearing suits or it can be about wearing suits. I don't care. I wear suits and I dress this way. It really doesn't matter to me. They need to know that there's a generation that is consecrated to the Lord Jesus Christ that'll carry an anointing to break regions and to break cities and call revival down on a nation. They, I feel like preaching now. They need to know that no matter what they have done, no matter how dark it's been, no matter how much they messed up, the blood of Jesus can still cleanse you from every sin and raise you up in these last days. They need to know. They need to know it don't matter how many blocks the gang has, that I'm a part of a different gang. This, this gang really is red. But it's not because of a do-rag. It's because of the blood that came down off of Calvary's hill 2,000 plus years ago. They need to know. They need to know. They need to know that in these last days, God ain't, God's looking for people to show himself strong through. So I stood up, ah, there we go. So I stood up, said God has given us Atlanta and God has given us Macon. I had nothing in mind, I was just speaking of the spirit. Gutau, speaking of the spirit, son. That's it, speaking of the Holy Ghost. Sitting in prayer on a Tuesday morning, praying before the Lord. God stopped me in my prayer meeting. It was just me and him. God stopped me in my prayer meeting. He said, son, go online and look for churches that are for sale. Went online. The first church I pulled up was a church in Macon, Georgia. 
felt the Holy Ghost, so that's your place. Five days after I decreed by the Spirit of the Lord and prophesied God's given us making Atlanta, five days later, a church comes up online. It had been, on, it had been for sale for four hours. So I feel like this is our place. We began to pray about it. We began to seek the Lord and enter in and, and God and just ask God what he wanted. And I want to tell y'all something. Last Monday, we closed on a piece of property in Macon, Georgia. And we're moving our Forsyth campus to Macon, Georgia. The Lord has opened the door and we're about to do it for the glory of God. People praise the Lord now. ALC Macon coming soon. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah I can't wait to see gang members and I can't wait to see poor people rich people I can't wait to see white people and black people and any other type of people come under that roof and give their lives to Jesus Christ and let them know the gospel of Jesus Christ is in making Georgia under the power of the Holy Ghost Hallelujah. We're going to move our Forsyth campus there. We're not moving this campus. We're moving our Forsyth campus there. And, uh, and that's just one of the buildings on the property. The, uh, there's, a, there's another building on the property that is a whole, it's a, it's, a, it's a second building on the property that's a whole children's facility on itself. Now, y'all, if you want to be seated, you don't have to. You can stand up. I don't care. I want you to, you might be saying, well, what does that really have to do with us? Yes, I'm part of ALC Ministries. Yes, I support them. But what does that really have to do with us? I want you to understand something that the last time, the last time we did something like this, we planted a church in Forsyth. We opened it up October of 2015. Easter 2016, we walked in this building. When we, when we didn't have no way, but when we opened that one up, God opened this one up. <laughs> and I just got a sneaky feeling in my spirit right now that God's got something that's gonna hit Atlanta, Georgia here soon. When this one opens up, he's gonna open that one up. The ministry of the church. 
We, our Forsyth campus has had standing room only now for a long time. Standing room only. And uh, it was good. And, but we, we knew we was up against. We knew we was, something had to happen fast. Because you can only stay that way so long before you start going down. And uh, we couldn't, we doing what we could to try to build and stuff. It just, we kept hitting roadblocks. That built, that, the Forsyth building is 2,500 to 3,000 square foot. That building alone that you're looking at right now is about 14,000 square feet alone. The total building under, the total amount of square footage under roof is over 17,000 square feet. And by the way, they're down there shouting right now too because Pastor Harold made the announcement this morning of what's going on. So that's going on down there. Um, I had no idea. I, you know, I didn't know how, I had no idea what God was going to do. I just knew. Stand up and speak it by faith. It's in the spirit. I didn't know where it was going to come from. I didn't even know how it was going to come. I didn't know any of that. Just declaring by faith and speaking a thing. Abraham, Abraham, uh, he, he spoke those things that were, that were not as what? Though they were. So for those of you that's got family down in Macon, tell them, here we come. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, Download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.